Hello. 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 Every Rush Song. When our weary world was young, the struggle of this podcast first began. The gods of love and reason and me sought alone to analyze every Rush song. And which one are we going to do today, Tim? Uh, I think I, I, from the lyrics you were shooting back and forth, we're doing the original Rush album, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> you scared me. Hemispheres. Hemispheres. Yes. Hemispheres. The, uh, the, the first track off the Hemispheres album known as... Track one. Yes. <laughs> Man, this, yes, this is a long it song. Is. It's a long song. Here's a new Cyclone. one from Rush. This is track one. Track one. Track one. It's the first song on side one of their new album. Y'all so like it? So I, I took some I took some notes. First of all, did you guys know that Cygnus X1 uh is a galactic x-ray source in the constellation cygnus and was first such a source uh it was a widely accepted oh did we discuss this yeah cygnus no because hole. we we didn't because you two decided to to do this one first and do the two books out of order so no we did not discuss that uh, but it is very I interesting think we did at one point I think we mentioned the fact that Cygnus Six One is what they think is a black hole. Yeah. Now, Tim, you don't believe in black holes, do you? It's not that I don't believe in them. Maybe there are black holes. Has anybody actually seen one? Uh, I know I got no, a Cygnus who has because because yeah. they're 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 pretty far away. They, they see something is going on. But they've never seen it actually happen. Nobody's seen it. They take a bunch of these, you know, incredible telescope pictures. And they just, they start using all their science lingo and stuff. And because <laughs> since they're scientists, they they know, well, we can say anything we want. We're scientists. They're going to believe us. When you take the X factor of 2, 1, Add it with another one, two, divide it by four, you get a black hole. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That, that's how right. it works. Okay. I was unsure. Because, because, Thanks for clearing because, that up. So, 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 so you got this black hole, okay? And mm -hmm. everything around that black hole is being sucked into it. Nothing can escape. Okay. Not even light. Nothing, Nothing can, can escape. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just curious. Where does all that stuff go? I believe I know the answer to that, Tim. <laughs> okay, Jay. I believe it's South Garland. Oh, wow. So Julian's old office. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> all right. So that's Jay. what the issue was. <laughs> Jay, you have more notes on Cygnus X1 book two back into i have lots of notes uh first of all i want to mention that cygnus x1 is a two-part song 
Uh, I'm going to have to get on my readers, so please apologize now for the goofy look. Well, goofier than usual. I think, Um, man, you work those glasses, babe. (laughs) So the first part, uh, of course, is book one, The Voyage. It's the last song on the the 77 album, Farewell Farewell to Kings. And, of course, the second part is uh, book two, Hemispheres. And it is, of course, the first song on this here album. Um, book one concerns a journey of uh, a spaceship that I can't pronounce right now. Uh, that enters a bla- Thank me. Uh, that enters a black hole uh, in outer space. Uh, it clocks in right at about 10 minutes and 25 seconds. And book two is an 18 minute and seven second song taking oh. up all of the first side of the album book one uses mythology and symbolism to de- depict a conflict between the gods apollo and dionysus which is uh resolved uh when uh, cygnus intervenes claiming a balance of heart and mind um are what is needed for humans to live well mm. that's not right that should be book two yeah, that is <laughs> that's what I was two. thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's book two. But well, so Roman you numerals. Just, you've just played out the whole song, so thank you very much, <laughs> South Garland. <laughs> Goodbye. Good night. Wow, man, eighteen so, minutes. Yeah, so that's the that's the brief uh, in eighteen the, the brief seconds. Little, yeah. yeah. Now, I have more observations as we go down the list. There are total movements. In the oh shit, shoot, sorry. <laughs> Six total movements in the in 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 the uh, Cygnus book two. I saw space get Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, sure. Oh, correct. We've got. It starts off with the prelude. Goes into Apollo, bringer of wisdom. Dionysus. 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 Yes, bringer of love, Armagnet, the battle of heart and mind, Cygnus, bringer of balance, and the fear, the sphere, a kind of dream. And boy, do I have a lot of hot sports opinions about all of that. Me too. Man. Let let me just ask right off, does anybody have a favorite part of this song, this epic song? Well, I, th- I think Tim movement, I would say. Yeah, I mean, number one, Hemispheres gave us the famous Alex Lifeson. I think oh. it's the F sharp chord. And so that he he's used not on just that, but I know he used it from uh um uh, snake on snakes and arrows. A far cry to him. Yes, thank you. A far cry. He used it on that. And I'm sure there was some other stuff that he used it on. Yeah. Um favorite parts. Yeah, that that prelude, that's a that's an interesting jam that they do. Yeah. Um and it's I, I, I like the way it's I mean it's in your face and they are rocking and then they they bring it down. Do, 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 do. 
It's interesting. I listen it's to got the triangle. One. I listen it's got to, the I listen, triangle. I listened to book one and and book two back to back. And book two is a is a very it, it they they go together very well. You could just blend it and make one big song. Like um, peanuts and butter. And, and, yeah, it's like peanuts and butter, Shane. Just like peanuts and butter. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Confused? You will be on the next episode of So Space There's the sp- and now it's gone. So the prelude. So are you talking about just the instrumental part of the prelude? The like the very intro, that's your favorite part? Well, I I d I don't want to say it's my favorite, favorite part, but I I mean there's some there's some really good jams. I love the uh get into the dun 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 to the 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 work that Neil does between hitting two tom tom and a rack tom and then the kick drum. Yeah going in between each other. I love that. Um I like the uh I, I like the guitar on uh, uh, w- when it gets into the Apollo section. I like that. Yeah. And it's nothing flashy and, or fast. It's just a run up and down, but that, no, whatever that progression right. is, it's just us. It just works. Yeah. It's just, it, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's, there's even, when you get to the guitar solo part, it's nothing, it's not free will. It's not La Vila Strangiato-ish, you know, uh, guitar wailing. It's just, I mean, it's a good jam. And then with, uh, with the sphere at the end, some very beautiful vocal stylings from Getty Lee. There and, the, and the lyrics are great. I have a, I have a yeah I have a hot, couple of hot sports opinions about that actually, uh, um, hot sports opinion. Uh, first of all, so I thought uh, you know like the prelude reminded me of, you know kind of the whole thing kind of reminds me of uh, something you might hear on the overture in twenty one twelve. Um, the um, my I actually have a Fitz, uh, movement and that is uh, Cygnus Bringer Balance. And um, so the the reason I like it, uh, so I read the chords played at the end of the voyage return here. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really listen to that, so I wasn't paying too much uh, attention. But um, the explorer from the voyage is frightened by the fighting, and after hearing the explorer's silent cry and terror, blah, 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 that is not what I wanted. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, so the music at the beginning of this movement is atmos- atmospheric, uh-huh. and with Getty's vocal, the way that sounds, it reminds me of Pink Floyd. It's yep. got that sound yeah. with his vocals, and then uh, then uh, it kicks in about halfway through, and it's got your standard Rush sound that we all know and love very well. And then you got the instrumental part uh, towards the end. And then it breaks into a reprise of the beginning melody from um, from the very beginning of uh, the song. And then, let me see. Uh, and then 
the big finish, the gong. And then it closes out. And then it goes (laughs) into this. Take some guts to bring out the gong. Man, I'm telling you what. Then it goes into this very pretty kind of short, mellow movement, which kind of, to me, kind of feels like an epilogue. Uh, more than like the final song to the to the final part or an epilogue to the whole song right. uh so i ask you this question should they have ended it with the gong in part five i mean i don't know i'm, an, I'm not a doctor but or should they do you think this i don't know to me it feels like the the best ending would have been that gong and that's it. We're out of here. Uh, good night, everybody. Good night. But then again, I love the lyrics. The lyrics are so great. And I spear. also read the lyrics of the sphere. Yeah. You mean of the, the or the whole thing? The sphere. The a kind of yeah. dream. The sphere is great. Yeah. And it said, uh, somebody said, I read somewhere it says uh that uh Jane Austen's sense and sensibility may have alluded to uh, to been a bit alluded in the last few lines of the song which oh. is the line united in a single uh, perfect sphere uh that's not that long uh it's the line is sensibility arms and liberty um <laughs> i mean again i i don't i don't know if that's true or not I, i'm not a 17th century english right uh novelist Wait, I was in. I was under the understanding that that's why we had you here was your knowledge of seventeenth century yeah. literature. I was. Yeah. I was not told I would have to discuss seventeenth oh. literature. Okay. You used today. to boast about that all the time. I know. I know. No, but, I, I know. started laughing when you were saying that, Jay. When you, because every time I listened to that, yeah, when he says, um. With sense and liberty. It's the way he says, um, it reminds me of, I think it's, I think it's Conquest of the Battle of the Apes. (laughs) He's he's on. (laughs) My God, they're on. (laughs) Let's just say those were brilliant. Leave it. Leave it up to Rush. Write yeah. a song to me think of Planet of the Apes <laughs> movies. True. It's true. Uh, um, this this whole song, I love the song. I, I love the whole thing. And it's it's just if we if we really if we were to dive into the lyrics, I mean I get an over overview of what it's all about, but um what about you guys? <laughs> I, I'm torn on my favorite part because I really like the Armageddon, uh, Armageddon Battle of Heart and Mind because it's that same theme, musical theme that they have going on through the song, but it's more intense. Getty's got that double doubling effect on his voice. He's yelling a little harder. I mean, it's like classic high screaming Getty. So I love the intensity of, of that. But then Jay, I'm, I almost agree, agree with you at the end of Cygnus Springer Balance when they go in that it's like such a triumphant ending. It's it's right. such it's so triumphant. That's the only word I can and think of. And then the of. gong is just and then like the, the gong, exclamation point. 
And it seems <laughs> like the perfect ending to an epic song. But yeah. then the Cygnus bringer or the sphere kind of dream. It's so beautiful. And those lyrics, there is so much there. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, what, eight lines, nine lines. There is so much there yeah, but the, that I, I agree. spend it's, it's, an entire episode yeah. on that. Just kidding. Oh, okay. Let, something y'all don't know. Okay. So when they were reading this, they were, you know, they just back then they were touring and they were writing and they were right back into the studio. Mm-hmm. So as they were writing this, they were trying to think of a good way that they could close out playing Sickness X1 book two and the next song being closer to the heart. So they were practicing that and the whole gong and the hard jam, it, it didn't fit, you know, to go then into. So they said, you know what? We need to write something a little softer, a little bit more melodic. Right. So Getty can do some really weird pit changes on the, on the synthesizer. And then Alex, you go into the acoustic guitar part of the heart, which that is exactly how they did that during the hemisphere. Right. Everything I said beforehand was a complete made up lie, but that is what they did. That's what I they, they, they went from the sphere into closer to the heart. Yeah. So, okay. Keeping you on your toes. I, uh, yeah. Indeed. So, so this song, uh, overall, where do you rank it amongst the great Rush songs? Uh, the the epics. I mean, to me, their masterpiece when it comes to something like this would be the twenty one twelve overture. But this is a beautiful line, but especially combined with the the part book one. Um, it's real, it's beautiful, beautiful sides, but it's, it's, if I felt there should be a movie, like a space movie about this. And you know what? If there is a space movie, oh, yes, there yes. needs to be a space, space guitar. guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay. that's funny. Um, uh, I'm probably in the minor- minority here, but I like it better. I like Cygnus X1 book two better than 2112. Oh, I do. I don't know if I'd agree with that. I mean, I agree. I, I agree that you think you do. Um, <laughs> I agree with your opinion. I don't agree with your opinion. It's your opinion. And it is good. I, I still like 2112 better. Now, okay, let's add, let me ask you this. Which one do you like better is between the books? Do you like book one? From a farewell to kings or book two from hemispheres, because there's a lot of things about book one that I really liked. It was yeah, I kind of jamming. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of well, it. I don't know. That's a good question because it it's not as epic. It's quite a bit shorter, so I don't know. I yeah. never considered yeah. it in the same vein, you know, as with twenty one twelve or the fountain of lament or those. Uh, yeah. Huh, good question. Well, Tim, what do you think? I, I think 2112 was still number one. Hemispheres is two. Now it's a close 
one and two. I mean, it's like like yeah. that. And Fountain of Lameness is low, you know. Yeah. But sometimes it's hard to judge on on some of those things just because number one, recording quality. You know, Fountain of Lameness, I think it's overlooked. I also like it just better because, than twenty one twelve. like it better than 2112. Wow. Um that guitar chord is even better than the license chord that okay sorry go ahead this is this we're not talking about the Batman Lemna. No no we're not um sorry I I I mean I love uh Sigma Six one book two I've got Some reasonable issues. Look, okay, you See, got I'm these people. Reasonable. I'm not. We, we, I need Cygnus here. Okay. To balance this. The, 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 the humans on, and I'm assuming this is Earth because we are talking about Mount Olympus guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, how's it Earth? Oh, this guy could be traveling from. And well, we don't, and see that he's not see, from we Earth. Don't, we don't. We, it doesn't say we don't That's know. True. He could be coming from a, another planet. However, yeah, he must be coming from. In well, maybe not. It depends on if he if he's from Earth and he's coming from far in the future from Earth to get sucked into a black hole that destroys him, but also sends him back in time. For him Six. to show up as a disembodied spirit who is dead and yet and unborn. unborn. And he gives good so, advice to Luke Skywalker on how to become a Jedi. Uh, right. No. Yeah. So, okay, so the humans, the people, they're all pretty, you know, they're they're thinking reasonable. The problem is, I guess, they're just not having any fun. They're not enjoying the spoils of their riches by working hard and walking the straight and narrow path. Um, so they want to have some fun. So they go to Dionysus, who says, look, here we go. We're going to rock and roll night and part of every day. Um, I and, space and then space cat so they they're doing that have they only been around for a few months how did they not know winter was about to fall upon them and it caught them unprepared was it an early winter are they not seeing the signs of the seasons they weren't following pete sleeping out in the woods exactly you know so so for crying out loud, first they're straight and narrow. Now they're all wild and crazy, sleeping naked out in the forest, looking up at the stars, drunk beyond belief. Hey, Dionysus, man. And so, and, and now that the cold winter has hit them, you know, they're facing cold and starvation. They're all about to die. So now the gods looking upon them. Don't forget the war. Are going to war? 
Okay, Shane. Yes. No, let's not forget the wolves. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so now you've got these gods that had pretty much set up everything, right? But they didn't know between themselves how to bring this chaos into order. They're gods. Okay. Yeah. And so it now, so now it takes the disembodied spirit from some idiot who got in his <laughs> ship and decided to try to fly into a black hole and die. Yeah. That's our leader. To, to, to now come upon them and basically, you know, scream out because of everything that he has witnessed because he's passed into Olympus for them all to say, oh, oh, okay, so you know what? We're going to call you Cygnus, the god of balance. You shall be. And they all live happily ever after, walking the straight and narrow, but partying a little bit. <laughs> There's Cygnus, I think right. Cygnus might have had a mullet. Business in the front, party in the back. It's true. Sorry, yeah, I possibly. feel like I just reduced. Sorry for that reduction. Well, that's a bit of a reduction, yes, but um... <laughs> yes. So, besides that, it really jams. Yeah. So, you are you saying that you're not a big fan of the story? It's uh, to me. I just think the the story is is comical. This would be a great William Shakespeare play. With I lots see of that. comedy and, and stuff because I just think it's a little, but uh, all those uh, uh, mythological gods are just silly to begin with. Yeah. Well, that and the second one, the or the the third book, the the Dionysus part, is that's kind of uh, not reminiscent. It's like the Aesop tale, right, with the grasshopper. The, the ants were working busy, so they're kind of the right, the, yeah, the Apollo side. Yeah. And then you've got Dionysus, the grasshopper here over here, going, "Hey, what are you doing all that far? Come on, party with me!" Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a simplistic tale too, but I think there's other layers here that we can dive into. Oh, here we go with layers <laughs> again. How long is it? So, I mean, we are we're 25 minutes into this. I'm proud of you guys. I didn't even said anything yet. You you two have carried all of this. I'm so proud wow. of you guys right now. I think I think uh, I think I want to hear what Shane has to say. <laughs> all right, we'll see y'all again next time. <laughs> Shane, okay, well, what's so your opinionations? Well, the this this theme, this uh, this Ap Apollonian and Dionysian theme, it's been written about several times it's kind of that heart versus mind love versus logic that uh, that's that theme has been used a lot in fact and and just one example of that because i thought there was kind of a neat um tie-in here nietzsche frederick nietzsche had a thing called the apollonian and, Dis and dionysian and so and it's kind of the same thing where the Apollo's side is more the logic and the reason. Um, the the Dionysus side, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the pronunciation each time. The Dionysus side is more the love and creative side. 
and then in, in what Nietzsche wrote, he had the satyr or the satire. Have you you've ever heard of that thing? It's uh, it's usually in mythology. It's the it's like the upper half is a man and the lower half is a goat. I think. If I wouldn't, if I'm not mistaken, wouldn't that in Nietzsche tragedy and human also human? Is it? Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I could just be showing off. Wait, um, are you? I thought you were the 17th century literature. <laughs> no, you may be I right. Actually, on the and I read an excerpt. That's funny though. You should mention that because you came up with that on your own. I read. I read about it. Somebody else had had uh, had noted, and and I, I made a note of it, but I didn't mention it. Uh, well, I mean, I knew. I, I found the that Nietzsche had written this. I didn't know Nietzsche had written that, but I, I knew that there yeah. had been a lot of other um I knew that because it's interesting the first line when our weary world was young, the struggle of the ancients first began. This this is a an archetype mythology that's been around for a long time. Uh it's just I guess when the Greeks I never get is this Greek or is this Roman mythology? When the Greeks kind of put it together with Apollo and Dionysus. It's they kind of had a better name yeah. for it. But what was what was interesting is when you go back into the mythology, the satire's name or the satyr is its name was Silenus, which is pretty close to Cygnus, I thought, right? Silenus, Cygnus. Mm -hmm. And then and then the other thing when let me find the what the the notes on it. And this is out of the uh this is out the Wikipedia with the Nietzsche, Apollonian, and uh, Dionysian. When he talks about the satyr, quote, he is the horror of annihilation of the principle of individuality and at the same time, someone who delights in its destruction. Both of these states are meant to represent cognitive states that appear through art as the power of nature and in man. So while the names are pretty similar between Cygnus and Silenus, the character from the Nietzsche story is completely different from Neil Peart's because, of course, Neil Peart is going to highlight or, you know, he, he's going to extol individuality versus trying to kill it off. And I don't think Nietzsche meant right. to kill off individuality. He was just talking, I think, in Nietzsche's mind, um, because I think Nietzsche was more of a, an anti-Marxist. He, he kind of had that. The satyr was more of a villain, I guess, than than a hero like Cygnus is in Cygnus X One Book Two. But I just thought that was interesting. How close? I mean, first of all, that there's been just lots of stories with that with that battle between heart and mind, and then how in that Greek literature about the satyr, the names were so close between Silenus, uh, if I'm pronouncing it, and Cygnus, which, by the way, is the also the constellation, the goose, which is also where in the constellation of Cygnus, that's where the black hole is, I guess, as far as map of the sky goes. I would be interested to know what just, Neil Peart's thought process was he, uh, when he like how he how he researched this, how he went. I mean, obviously he's he was well read. And he probably uh, read obviously. Nietzsche, right? Yeah. Probably read Nietzsche back in the days. I guess days. probably, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe one of our viewer listeners, could, maybe somebody has a little insight in that. That'd be great to know. Ooh, I wonder if someone out there has the the Neil Peart reading list. Just 
going back through all the books that he's mentioned or referenced. And if there's a, a list, one list somewhere where you can see all of those, because I know in Ghost Rider, he mentions a bunch of, I mean, just that he reads while he's, while he's traveling around on his motorcycle. He yeah. More books than most people read in their entire lives. That's true. And he also loved his McKellen 12 year. Yes, he did. Scotch man. I can appreciate that. Yes, I can. Yes, even though I don't like Scotch, but I can appreciate it. <laughs> now, to get away from all this mythology talk, let's get back down to the meat and bones of this song. Meat bones. This about killed Getty Lee. Yeah. Yeah, that was... It, it was, you know, they were, they were writing the music. Neil had the lyrics, but as they were doing that, they weren't really, they weren't really trying to concentrate on how the vocal parts would go, you know, along with, uh, okay, I'm reading the lyrics. We've got this little music part right here. This is okay. Figure this out. So a lot of that stuff, I mean, Getty was. It, it was rough on them, and even on the Hemispheres tour, you know, most of the time, band is touring with their new album. The vocalists, for, for the most part, ninety-eight, ninety-nine percent, is singing the new stuff. How yeah. it was on the album, you yeah. Know, Getty didn't do that, you know. I mean, he hit some of that stuff, but he 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 was changing it, you know. I mean, it's a little different. Being in a recording studio, being able to take a break, come back, try to record that vocal again. But when you're doing a hour and a half, two hour show with all the other crazy stuff he was doing, it was tough. Plus, you know, uh, with the other songs and a little complicated and stuff, you know, after they finished Hemispheres, they said, Okay, enough is enough. It's, we're going to take a break from these big, long, you know, full sides of an album. Didn't they take uh, about a 12? Was it a 12-week vacation after or an eight-week vacation after they finished the album? So Hemispheres was 78. Yeah, because Farewell was 77. Hemispheres, 78. I mean, they didn't uh, yeah. take off long because they went on tour and then well, wasn't long after that. Yeah, they so they were recorded but permanent they were waves. Well, but so permanent waves came out in eighty. So they were probably touring uh -huh. into seventy-nine. Okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. So um they probably had to stay on the road a lot longer um just to pay for all the studio time they booked <laughs> on on doing hemispheres <laughs> i think i heard on the something for nothing podcast that they had recorded most of the music first and then when they came back to do the vocals then they realized oh wow this is really hard forget it yeah there's a lot of i know yeah but nothing nothing on the like if as compared to the cygnus x1 book one scene when he goes into the black hole that's um that's some screaming high notes there that's about as High as we maybe know, on no one at the bridge. That's about as high as Getty screams, isn't it? 
I oh. I was I just I had looked at. I, I was going to say, do you think that's the highest pitch on Noel Bridge he's ever done? Scrap and not doing like I shot. <laughs> I right. love that so much. It's definitely the most dramatic they've ever. Okay, we're not talking. I about mean, that. you know, Getty would in in concert like for Anthem and and something for nothing. You know, in concert. He would do that, oh, oh, oh. you know, yeah. that got pretty high, but that, that's just one of those concert things. So I was just reading here, um, actually, I, my uh, sources uh, were telling me that. Um, You're welcome, by the way. That. <laughs> What's it? Just kidding. One uh, so the. Somebody posed just that question: What of which song does Getty sing his highest note? And there's some speculation. Somebody said uh, uh, in '77 there was a show when he went a half step too high on Cygnus and V5. <laughs> uh, it got documented on bootleg, apparently. So it's it's the highest documented note. And this highest note of a fifth octave. Uh, oh, so wow. apparently, but that was not like studio, uh, right? Studio yeah. version. Uh, let's see if I can so find. overshot it a little bit. <laughs> wow. So, what is, yeah, we uh, should do, maybe we'll do a, a YouTube live on that time of Getty's highest, loudest screams. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just read somewhere where which song it was. It was, uh, oh, right, yeah, okay. The lyrics describe it's the lyrics. It's from, uh, it was from Cygnus One, spinning out of control. The protagonist's body being destroyed. Every nerve is torn apart. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. made. Yeah, I guess that is high. Every nervous story. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Man, how did that voice, many many years later, record the available light and still sound so good? How did he? Yeah. Do that? Well, <laughs> well, because I mean, I, number one, he's a master. True. There's that. Number two, he's Canadian. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Number three, he sure is now fits, a but... beer brewer. Oh, that's okay. true. Yeah, solves everything. And he's Looks a baseball dumb. fan, so that's why we have you. You combine all four of those. True, touch covers all the bases. That's Pun right. intended. Pun intended. Well, mm. we're, at, we're at least forty minutes into this. I don't this want it to go too long. Probably the longest one we've ever done. No, uh, territories, well, but we just 52 minutes. Wow, wow, but okay. Well, but, you know what? Okay, I, I had a lot more with the mythology it's a, craft. It's one of the longest but shortest for an entire side of an album. Yeah, that's true. It's it is true. an entire, yeah. some might say it's six songs, but some might also might not say it's six songs. We could, we are, we could argue on that. Oh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we did. <laughs> well, let, let, why don't we now let's start the argument again? So, the, uh, and, and then somebody else who went into their spaceship 
went into another black so-called black hole and then they'll come in and do their silent scream and we'll stop arguing oh i couldn't agree more tim yeah 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 well i don't know i think i think 40 minutes is enough we can either come back and and do another one or we can save it for the next time we'll just we'll decide we'll decide next week we'll see what we do next week what we record is it going to be circumstances or are we going to do another one about Miss Fear's book too. I don't know. I don't know. You know? It's well, hard to say. I, I forgot to say at the beginning, you can email us at 2112, 2112 at and tell us all the many, many ways that Tim is wrong and that Jay and I are right. Social media at Every Rush Song on every channel. Tim, if we were to end this thing right now, how would we go about doing that? Okay, I'm going to see if I can outdo Getty. Oh, my gosh. Thank you very much. Come in, Gary. You're my dog.